Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this program, Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. Hello, I'm Nancy. And I'm Pete. The National Library Service offers a variety of reading material for people with print disabilities in Braille, audio, and large print formats that are free to people who are eligible. This week, we'll be talking about some of those services, and if you keep listening until next week, we'll have a tour of some of their facilities. We'll speak with Debbie McLeod, director of the Colorado Talking Book Library, about their day-to-day operation and the services that are available. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Debbie McLeod about a fabulous source of reading material. There are 96,000 audiobooks up on Bard Mobile. And if you are able to have Bard Mobile on your smart device, that is wonderful. Don't forget that that's a service. But any library could make a copy of any book or magazine that's up on Bard if you don't have Bard Mobile, and they can send you that physical copy so that you'll be able to enjoy that as well. So if you want to read the books and you're eligible for the service, you can get them. Yes. And we'll talk a little bit later about what types of print disabilities enable you to use these services that are offered free. If you want additional detailed information about BARD and BARD Mobile, we've done several episodes of Eyes on Success in which we talked about the NLS services, and in particular, episodes 1306, 1307, and 1343. But if you just enter reading in the search tool on our website, you will find dozens of episodes about accessible reading options, including our very first episode, 1101, in which we talked about the National Library Service. Let's start by meeting Debbie. I'm Debbie McLeod. I'm the director of the Colorado Talking Book Library. I've been here for 13 and a half years and um, have had a great time ever since I came. And where were you before? I had come from Hewlett-Packard and spent 15 years in uh, corporate library work. So that gave me the corporate library experience and... It was different from working in this type of library, but I had not even known about this type of library until uh, I started looking for a different job and uh, saw the posting for the director position and thought, that sounds pretty cool and could use a lot of my skill sets. Once you joined this organization, was this your first exposure to people with print disabilities and or the visually impaired? Actually, no. When I was in high school in Boston, uh, we had uh, toured the Perkins Library for the Blind. And so Perkins Library is part of the national network of uh, talking book libraries across the country. So I had had an exposure back then. What um, I realized when I joined in 2004 is that In the interim from when I had visited the library in the 60s and now, 
they added learning disabilities as a print disabled qualifier. And that is something that I dealt with when I was in school. So I had thought when I uh, applied for this position, I'm like, I wish I had had this when I was in school, but it wasn't available to that population at that time. In the 70s, they added that. You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 This week's focus topic is the services provided by talking book libraries around the country. We'll be talking today with Debbie McLeod from the Colorado Talking Book Library, but there are regional and statewide libraries that cover the entire country, and they all make similar services available. So we usually start out the main segment of our show by asking about the services and or resources available from whoever we're going to talk with. But I wanted to start out a little bit differently this time to let people know before they tune out who might be eligible for these services that we're going to talk about more in more detail later on. We've talked a little bit about the term print disabled. We also use the terms blind and visually impaired. And maybe you can clarify who's eligible for these services. Yes, because many people hear about this library, some know about it, and uh, they say, oh, that's for the blind and low vision and doesn't cover me. But in fact, there are many medical conditions in the physical world that compromise your ability to read, and that can be MS, diabetes, Parkinson's, traumatic brain injury, the after effects of a stroke, compromised lung function, um, arthritis, uh, there's all kinds of um, issues that people have that make it very difficult for them to read standard print. Maybe they can see the words, but they're jumping around on the page, or they don't have the stamina to hold a book, or they have arthritis and they can't even hold the book or turn a page. So there's lots of conditions that qualify people for service in addition to um, learning disabilities. And so there's dyslexia and sometimes uh, ADD can qualify people. So there's all kinds of reasons. And if you can't read standard print for whatever reason, you probably qualify for this free service. And that's national. That's not just Colorado. That's right. We're a state-federal partnership with the Library of Congress, and that means that there's a library like this in every single state. And if you're an expat, you get uh, service through the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C., and we also have service to all the U.S. territories. So if you're in Guam, you would also uh, be able to get service. So it's pretty cool. And also, many people might be put off by the fact that they have to go down to their local public library and actually have to be there physically. But these libraries, a lot of the services are arranged through either mail or electronic services, correct? Yes, that's right. There's two ways of delivering uh, books. They can come physically. So they would come through the mail, postage paid. If you're listening to audio, you would have an audio playback machine that is provided as part of the service. It's free of charge. And you would get your books um, on a cartridge and they come in the mail. You can also receive Braille books that come in the mail. 
And some libraries in some states have large print books, which is useful. Some people are able to uh, manage large print as a first stop and then eventually end up with audio, but there's that. The alternative is now that we're in the digital world, you can download your audiobooks and or web braille. So you can, if you have a uh, refreshable braille display, you can download your uh, web braille books and read it, your braille books on a refreshable braille display. And if you want to download your audio books, you can, um, if you have a smart device, use the Bard mobile app and you would be able to download your books to your iPhone or uh, iPod or iPad. And it also works for Android as well. So both platforms. We've previously talked about the Bard mobile app on the show, and it's a wonderful app. Can you remind our listeners what it stands for and what it is? Yes, so Bard stands for Braille and Audio Reading Download. It also has this nice acronym and as a nod to Shakespeare, so it's uh, quite a great acronym, actually, BARD. And so BARD Mobile is just the app, which is free, uh, but you do have to sign up for the service to um, be able to get your password and access. So anybody can download the app, but you need to have a username and password in order to get into the application. So I've been using the services of the National Library Service since I was a young child, these free services that you talked about, and you talked about all the books that are available. But it seems these days there are a lot of additional materials and books that are available and magazines and books. Can you just review exactly what is available and what people can obtain through this service? Sure. We have... In our libraries, uh, physical copies of many of the audiobooks, and we also have audiobooks in Spanish that are available in our libraries, which is very exciting. But there are 130 languages that are available in the program. So if there are folks who want to listen to books in other languages, uh, you would be able to access those. Uh, many of them are on BARD. Uh, but if you want physical copies, your local library could duplicate a copy for you, or we can get them through the uh, Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. So that's exciting. In addition to all those books, NLS also provides magazines, right? Right. There are 45 titles in audio and 45 titles in Braille that are provided at the national level. There are 40 states that have local recording studios, and many of those states record magazines as well as books, and then we're able to post our recordings on BARD. So those magazines are available for download through BARD, and that uh, allows a Bard patron to be able to access any of the magazines that have been recorded. And so that really complements and expands what's available. If patrons are not tech savvy, they don't want uh, to use or they don't have a smart device, their local library should be able to duplicate uh, what it is that they would like to listen to. 
as far as locally recorded magazines. Um, the 45 magazine titles that are available through NLS, uh, any patron can sign up for and get those on a cartridge sent to them. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that there are also big groupings and resources of music material, either music that's written in scores or about writing and producing music. Is that right? Yes. There's a great music program, and it's based in Washington, D.C., and it started because there was an organist who needed large print and then needed Braille scores. And so uh, the collection started, I think, in that way. There's a great music blog that you can access on the Library of Congress website to hear more about what's going on with the music section of NLS. And if you are interested in having Braille or large print scores for either singing or for organ playing or piano playing, you'd be able to uh, sign up for that aspect of the service, which again is also free. We're sitting here in the Colorado Talking Book Library building, and we've been talking about talking books, but you guys do a whole lot of other services. Can you talk about some of those? Sure. One of the things that we have for our patrons is large print books. Not every library in the country has large print. That's been an optional collection. We also have descriptive videos We had it in the VHS format for quite a long time and then have started bringing in DVDs. So Descriptive Videos provides an audio description of the action going on on the screen, and it happens during pauses of the dialogue, so that uh, sometimes when you watch a movie and you're sitting with somebody and you couldn't really hear what they are saying and you lean over and say, what did they just say or what was just (laughs) happening? Well, that's what this description helps to address so that it takes a basic visual medium and turns it into an audio medium so that any combination basically of sighted, non-sighted can enjoy a movie together. So we have that collection that's available. There are many states that also have that kind of collection. We have book club. We do a CTBL reads um, three times a year, so all patrons who are, want to participate can read the same book and then come together and have an audio book club chat about it. On occasion, when we can, we try and get the author to come in and talk about their book. Uh, so we do that and kind of developing up other programs. We're in the process of working on developing a program around either fiction writing or storytelling for patrons for the winter. So those are some of the things that are kind of going on here. Some states do those things and other states don't. (laughs) So one thing I've noticed being a patron for a very long time of the National Library Services is how things have changed. I mean, initially, some of the recordings of books were coming on flexible discs, then they moved to cassettes, and then digital formats. But it also seems the other thing that's changed is there are a lot more books being produced or put out by the National Library Service these days. And because they must be partnering with 
commercial publishers. Can you talk about how that's impacted yes. your work and how it all works out? Yes. Actually, I don't think it's impacted our work here at the local level quite so much, but I'm sure it's impacted NLS's workload. They, for a long time, were having 2,000 book titles a year recorded and brought into the program. And when Karen Kenninger took over as the director of NLS, one of the things that she wanted to do was increase the number of books that were available uh, to patrons. Uh, she, too, is a patron of the service, so she's been a great advocate for the service. That's been a nice, uh, nice change. And so they worked on creating agreements with commercial audiobook publishers and to be able to bring in some commercial audiobooks. And the first audiobook publisher that signed an agreement was Hachette Audio. And they decided that NLS should be able to bring in audiobooks that they uh, would like to add to the collection at the lofty cost of zero dollars. So that was wonderful. And they set the bar. And so seven other audiobook publishers have joined um, that consortium at the same price. So we've been very lucky as a service to be able to have audiobook publishers that are interested in supporting this program um, and saying, sure, we'll share our recordings with you and your patrons. And so that was a that was wonderful. I think and, that's made a huge difference as a patron. I've noticed that, you know, in years past, if a bestseller came out, I would have to wait a year or two, maybe even more, before the National Library Service could get around to producing the book. But right. these days they're available almost immediately and there's a lot more material available. Right. NLS discovered that their workload process would allow them to bring a thousand titles in uh, because you have to put in the navigation markers. And so there's some post-production. And then you, they were also sending the book to production, making physical copies and having them sent to the library. So there was cost involved. And they were able to um, bring in a thousand titles. So that increased the collection by 50%, which was great. And it also, as you say, Pete, enables the hot titles to be able to come in within a matter of two months. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to wait nearly as long for some of those popular titles, which is really great. Mm -hmm. Now, you actually do a lot of the recording of books right here. You have studios here. Can you talk a little bit about that process? Who does that and what all goes on? We have a studio and 40 other states have studios. And when we moved into the digital recording era, more states were able to actually have recording studios because it's much easier than dealing with the real-to-real -real technology, which we had up until uh, 2005. At the national level, NLS pays their narrators to narrate books, but at the local level, we have volunteers, but we do try and look for people who are involved in local theater, who may be doing uh, voiceover work or have some kind of uh, professional experience in uh, voice and other kinds of, in other areas, so that we try and approach the uh, quality 
levels that NLS sets so we can have um, good sounding recordings as much as possible without having to pay our narrators. Those readers aren't your average person off the street. I mean, they all come with very good voices and they have different voices for the different characters. That can't be an easy job. No, it's not. And so recording is both an art and a science. And of course, everybody wants to be a narrator. That's kind of the sexy job, right? But we start people in uh, review. So we have final review and review that helps to deal with quality, with the quality control, and making sure that every word is read as it is actually on the page, because that is the standard. And then people will move into becoming a monitor, which is first level quality control and runs all the equipment for the narrator. And then they step into being a narrator. So we try and uh, identify people who are very committed to the program and will stick around. Uh, It takes six to nine months to record a book at the local level because people are recording two or three hours a week. So it takes a long time to get through a whole book. So that's kind of the process for actually recording the book. And then once the book is recorded, we do post-production. So we put in uh, navigation markers so that you can navigate through the book either by chapter, sections, or parts, depending on how the book is structured, and then create a digital talking book which inserts digital rights management so the file can't be copied. Cool. Now for this week's final item, how you can learn more about the National Library Service and the Colorado Talking Book Library, and how you can sign up to receive their services if you aren't already. So if people want to find out more about the services of the National Library Service or the Colorado Talking Book Library, CTVL, where would you send them? So for more information at the national level and NLS, that's pretty straightforward. You would go to loc.gov forward slash NLS. So that's the Library of Congress website. For Colorado Talking Book Library, you can go to our website, which is myctbl.org. So myctbl.org. Or you could call. We have an 800 number. So it would be one 800 685-2136. Again, that's 800-685-2136. Do you have a social media presence? We do have a Facebook page. And then the Twitter presence is at Friends of CTBL. So you also talked about this service being available to a wide range of people with almost any kind of reading issue in terms of print. Who exactly is eligible and how do they become eligible to become a patron of these free services? Anyone who can't read a book, see the words on a page, hold a book, turn a page, have the stamina to manage the book would be eligible. So 
again, if you're blind, if you have low vision, if you have a physical condition that interferes with your reading, MS, Parkinson's, stroke, traumatic brain injury, compromised lung function, arthritis, uh, and also learning disabilities. So there's a host of reasons that people can't read standard print. And if you think you qualify, absolutely ask before you decide that you don't. And how do you get certified? Where do you go? If you go to our website, up on the top right-hand corner is a Get Started button. And so you can click that button. It takes you to an application page and you can download your application. There's a children and teen application and an adult application. So you can download either, fill it out. Uh, Certification can happen through your public library, your doctor. If you go to a support group of any kind, the support group leader could sign the bottom of the application. Uh, Anybody who is in a professional capacity to be able to help you in any way can uh, certify the application. Except in the case of a learning disability, you do need an MD or a DO to sign the application, and that's a hangover from the law in the 1970s uh, when the medical community did that diagnosis. Now the school does the diagnosis, but the federal law has not followed the shift in the field. So it's um, aggravating, but that's the way it is. So that sounds like it's very easy to do. There are many places you can do it, and there's no excuses for not signing off if you need this service. Agreed. And the Facebook page to look for, you can search for Friends of Colorado Talking Book Library, or you can just go to www.facebook.com slash F-O-C-T-B-L dot org. And, of course, another place you can go for all of the contact information, links, and URLs you heard about in the show is to the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. And I just want to reiterate that I certainly know from personal experience that the NLS services and talking book services are really tremendous. I've been using them since I was a youth and enjoyed many books over many years. So I want to encourage people to sign up for this program. And remember, you don't have to be totally blind. You don't even have to be partially sighted. Many print difficulties can make you eligible to receive these services for free. So I encourage people to look into it, sign up, and check it out. That's it for show number 1749. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking with Debbie McLeod again as she takes us on a tour of the Colorado Talking Book Library, and we'll get to see the facilities in which they do their work and learn in some more detail about the nitty-gritty of what they do and the services they provide. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net or call us at 585-210-8094. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. Browse the full archive of programs 
Find instructions for subscribing to the podcasts and much more at www.paisonsuccess.net. You can also find us on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and on audioboom.com at Eyes on Success or Twitter at underscore Eyes on Success. We hope you will join us again next week for more information and updates on products for accessible living. Thanks for listening to Eyes on Success and have a nice day.